Welcome back to this week of Beanie and Cardell, Cardell and Beanie. Oh man, what a show that we have planned for you guys today. But first, before we dive in, we got to thank our partners, Raising Canes, the perfect comfort food, the perfect anytime food. Um, oh, for sure, man. You know you can't beat no Kings any given time, and definitely like a time like right now when we're both kind of quarantining ourselves right. and kind of <laughs> trying to stay COVID-free. Um, you can only imagine how much Kings I got over here right now as my camera's turned off. <laughs> <laughs> man, so first and foremost, you know, we're, we are obviously doing a show remote, so that's why you guys don't see us right now. Um, you know, my daughter got COVID, so obviously... You know, throughout the whole house, I'm on this this quarantine type deal to where I can't leave and go anywhere. So, man, that, that's been brutal as heck, uh, bro, sitting in the house, not being able to go out. And especially for me, because I'm one of the people, Cardell, man, I, I got to be on the go. So to be yeah. locked down to the house, man, is awful right now. Yeah, I know what you mean, man. And especially like like you said, I know that you're a big time people person and other things you got going on in your life and want to make sure everything is running as smoothly as possible. Um, but now you got to do that from the comforts of your home. But, you know, I've been to your house, you know, a few times now with the show and, you know, developing pretty much a, a friendship with you outside of, you know, growing up watching you play. Don't want to make you feel too old. <laughs> you can be stuck in lockdown in some worse places other than the nice comforts of your home. So <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure, man. Um, let, let's, let's dive in real quick. man. We, we, some news came down the pike. Uh, that, you know, you and I have been talking about for some time, and that's Urban Meyer and him potentially taking the job with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That happens. Yeah. I, so I, I guess we wasn't really shocked because we obviously, you know, have been talking about it. Um, but I still kind of had that shock feel that it did happen. I, I mean, you know, when you speculate in certain things and uh, for them to actually come to fruition, they're two different things. Um, I like the situation though. The more and more I got to thinking about it, the more and more, you know, I was thinking about Urban Meyer and kind of him stepping away from college ball, doing the TV deal, but who he was doing TV with, that was Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush, and Brady Quinn. It made me think like, man, maybe they can kind of, maybe they kind of got into to Urban's mental and maybe Urban's going to be one of those guys now to where he can relate more to the NFL type player because he was working with these guys the past couple of years. What's your thoughts on, uh, on one, Urban taking that gig, and two, you know, Urban, what he's going to be able to, to do as far as transitioning from, uh, okay, I'm just I'm this militant guy dealing with college kids. Now, all of a sudden, I got to, you know, switch my mental state because I'm dealing with, with pro guys now, so I can't treat them the same anymore. Yeah, for sure. And I think definitely being around NFL guys, working with them, you know, throughout the college um, – football season with Reggie and those guys definitely probably had some type of impact on it. I'm pretty sure those guys were reminiscing and talking about not just their unbelievable college careers, but their pretty good NFL careers as well. And and I'm pretty sure Coach Meyer was picking their brains on how is it different from the players. And he has unbelievable relationships with a lot of uh, great NFL coaches, Belichick being the main one. And a lot of things that he used to do in the summer when the coaches go away to pretty much um, – almost vacation or kind of pick other coaches' brains. Uh, he spent a significant amount of time up with the Patriots, you know, so we should do some of the things that they used to do to a certain extent when it came to discipline or team building or building a program. And um, I feel like that a lot of that things that we did, that he did, Belichick did at that level, wasn't too far off what Coach Meyer already was doing at Ohio State. 
But I think this is a great situation for him as well. And it's a situation for him to really sit back and not sit back, take a step back to his coaching approach. Because like you said, you're dealing with professionals now. And I think that's a challenge that he is um, looking forward to, a challenge that he's willing to, to, to take. Because like you said, it's just different. You, you can't do certain things on a college level that you were doing at NFL level. And you can tell he's taking that approach because of some of the guys that he's bringing on, he's bringing on, you know, from my understanding, a lot of guys that got a lot of NFL experience. He bringing on a lot of guys that he's had experience with already personally, who he believed can make this transition, starting with Anthony Slagle, getting those guys bumpy in the weight room. And it's just going to lead to off the field excellence. And it's going to lead to, uh, it's going to lead to production on the field. Yeah, man, I'm excited about it, man. I thought it was super dope, obviously, to bring Slags uh, onto that staff. You know, we know Slager was, you know, on the staff at Ohio State for a number of years. Then obviously bringing Ryan Stamper uh, and making him a part of that staff, I think that's going to be huge and, and in terms of getting Urban to be able to relate to guys a little bit more. Because, you know, it's one thing to, you know, you know, be around some NFL guys for a little bit, working on TV, but to actually be there day to day, um, you're going to need people around you that can kind of help ease that transition. And I think those are two guys that certainly will be able to do it for them. Um, so if you're uh, Urban, though, this is a situation, and I, they haven't really came out and, you know, talked about it as much, but you got to think that he probably has a lot of control from a front office standpoint. I know they hired Trent Balky, uh, but they did it after they did the, the uh, after they hired Urban. Traditionally, yeah, and that's, that's, and that's they so... first. Yeah, exactly. And that's so uncommon for you to hire a head coach without the GM first. So, and I can only imagine Coach Meyer having some type of um, impact on, you know, the GM and, and maybe with that, um, with that uh, interviewing process and that, and, you know, that hand, handful of guys that they were looking at to hire as a GM. So to see that, that just um, confirmed what I, I think it confirms to what I thought that he would have to have some type of uh, a bigger role in the organization just in the head coach. And I think the him and the GM is going to be, you know, working hand to hand, you know, because, you know, you don't usually get that in a lot of situations, especially dealing with, you know, professional football, professional sports, period. You know, your GM can be one guy that have his own ego and ultimatum and, and go for the team and the head coach. It might not line up with the head coach and coaching staff. So hopefully down there in Jacksonville, that situation will not occur. And it's a situation that you see with a lot of other successful uh, programs, um, organizations around the league. But. Man, I, I'm definitely, and I, and I keep saying it, I'm definitely excited for this opportunity for him because he's going to shock a lot of people. Yeah, I think so too, man. I think he's going to do a hell of a job. Uh, <clears throat> number one pick, they got a lot of money to spend. I know first and foremost, though, you know, as soon as they start having workouts, man, they better be giving my dude Cardale a call because it'll, oh, be, man. Kind of, it, it'll be a match made because you already know the system. <laughs> um, you know which, wait, but wait, I actually, there. I don't, I don't know what system that, because I haven't heard anything about his football staff, his uh, coaching staff, yeah. So I don't know, and that's going to influence, you know, what type of system that he's going to run and implement into, you know, his program, into his team. So I don't know yet. All I know on defense, I heard Chris Ash, a guy that he worked with at Ohio State, is coming on defensive staff. Right. No clue what role, no clue what anything about that. But I haven't heard anything about his offensive staff yet. And best believe, I've been keeping an eye on it. <laughs> <laughs> In my mind, I, I think I don't think it would be much different than what he ran at Ohio State because if you look at it, you know we've been seeing that RPO, those spread offenses, already in the league. Uh, you can go back and you look at you know once Andy Reid had got to Kansas City, um, Alex Smith started having his most success running that RPO spread type offense. You go mm -hmm. and look at 
in Seattle, and they're in the spread type offense. You look at Arizona, they're in that spread offense. So I think the offense is already uh, that, that he ran in college is already taking effect in the NFL. And we're already seeing teams be successful running that that spread kind of you know run and shoot type deal uh, of an offense. So if that's the case, if they are running the same uh, offense that they did at Ohio State, Cardell should be the first. It should be the, you should be the first guy to get the phone call, anyways. Call your boy. Yeah, call your boy. <laughs> and it's funny because I was leading up leading up to the whole week of, you know, Coach Meyer and the bus started getting bigger and bigger and, you know, leaving from Miami for the next championship game. I had a chance to speak with him and things like that. And I'm just, um, you know, pick his brain a little bit before the decision was final with him and the Jaguars. And um, I haven't called him yet ever since it's been official. But you can expect <laughs> a call from me after the Super Bowl. Hey, how you doing? Right. Yeah, what time? When you want me to come out and work out? <laughs> <laughs> hundred percent, man. What's crazy as hell, though, man, is the fact that, you know, when you look at Urban Meyer and the teams he coached at Ohio State, how many of those guys are still in the league right now? And, mm-hmm. and not even just at Ohio State, but at Florida. This dude, he coached so many cats that are in the league currently, um, and now he's obviously getting a chance, you know, to be an NFL coach. I know cats are going to be chomping at the bit to try to, you know, get out to an Urban Meyer football team because they, they understand one – how you're going to be coached, and then two, the success you're going to have because you got a guy uh, that's held in such high regard at the helm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what intrigues guys to any program or any coach or any player or anything. You know, you want to go where success follows this person. Right. You want to go to a place or play for a coach or or work for an organization that you know they are proven. The track record speaks for itself, and you know they have a success everywhere they've been, and that's you know one of the guys. You know, out of a few guys around the, of the sporting world and, and especially football, Urban Meyer is one of them. Yeah, man, definitely, man. Definitely a dope situation. I could uh, I could definitely uh, see him having a lot of success. Um, obviously, like anything else, is going to be dependent on the quarterback that he decides to draft and you know, mm. the guys that he decides to put around him. But, you know, they got everything at their disposal. Um, and, hell, man, I didn't even – my kids watch wrestling. They're big wrestling fans. Um, <laughs> So they watch WWE and they watch that new AEW. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Shah Khan owned AEW until recently, man. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd yeah. be a man, great situation easy. for somebody to go down there in Jacksonville. Maybe you, you know, you can pull a dual sport type deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, that's so that's funny, man. You know, reminiscing back on my XFL time, that brief time, you know, before COVID shut it down, I had a couple of buddies that. uh that said, made comments like that. What if, you know, Vince McMahon come to you and say he wants to be the next The Rock or the next, you know, big thing in WWE? And I was just like, man, I grew up a fan like that. It'd be hard not to jump on that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Especially seeing, you know, how those guys transition to, you know, um, life after WWE is pretty right. it's pretty cool to see. I mean, you know, not to get off too much off topic, but in the shoe. Think about The Rock, how he was pretty much the biggest name in WWE, WWF at the time, and, you know, one of the highest paid movie stars ever. You know, he ain't getting out of bed for less than $60 million. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, that would be pretty sweet. But, man, I always, from afar, I was always a fan of um, Jacksonville's um, front office because you can tell the guy is putting in a lot of time, um, work, effort, energy, and finances to try to make his team better. You know, you look at the time when they had Blake Bortles and uh, all the other guys they had, and they took the Patriots to the uh, AFC Championship. AFC Championship, yeah. And you know, one game away from the Super Bowl, 
And this guy was just investing into his team was from the draft picks to the contracts of keeping guys there. Um, I mean, he, he is a, uh, from my perspective, I mean, I don't know him personally. He is a guy that seemed like he wanted to do everything for the success of his program. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I think he uh, decided to, you know, go there is because you do got a guy that's going to be willing to spend money um, on a program and, and on facilities. And that's key right there. You know, when you mm-hmm. get attracting guys in the league to different organizations, um, what are your facilities like? What are yeah. those going to be like? You know, are we going to have the top care? Are we going to have the top nutrition staff? And uh, Shaq Khan doesn't seem like he's a guy that's going to be afraid to scare money or spend money. Um, and I know Urban Meyer is definitely going to want those things and to be able to attract uh, individuals so he can build a winning program. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But another thing is a double-edged sword when it comes to stuff like that because, you know, a, a lot of teams are not going to invest as much money into facilities that, you know, hey, you got the bare minimum or we're paying you a lot of money, you know, and you should, you know, want to take care of your body outside of this and not put the onus on us. But like I said, I don't think he's going to he's gonna um, take any shortcuts to, to helping Coach Meyer get and build whatever he needs to make that team successful. So, like, man, it's pretty sweet to um, for him to have this opportunity. I know it's been an opportunity he's been eyeballing. And I, and I know Coach Meyer, he wouldn't have jumped on this if it was something that he don't envision for long-term success. Right. Um, super dope, man. brother, man. Congrats to him in that situation. Um, moving along a little bit, though, I mean, let's talk about individuals coming back to school um, here at Ohio State. One of the players who I, who, you know, was just mind blowing to me in their decision-making to come back was Chris Olave. I just knew Chris Olave was going to vote and I thought he would be, you know, amid the late first round draft pick. The dude is mm-hmm. unbelievable, has crazy talent, but he decides to come back. And when he made a decision to come back it had me thinking like, well, maybe he knows something that we don't know about the quarterback position. Because when you lose a guy like Justin Fields, you're instantly, as a wide receiver, you're thinking like, all right, he's going to be gone because he doesn't know who's going to be throwing to him next year. Mm-hmm. Or he doesn't understand what that player is going to be like. But for him to come back to school tells me that he's impressed with something that we have on this roster at the quarterback spot. And I think we're going to be in good shape. What about you? Yeah. yeah. I don't think we're going to have any, you know, I mean, it's hard to replace a highly trophy candidate in two years in a row and a high caliber athlete and leader like Justin, you know, I'm not saying these guys going to pick up right where he left off, but I don't think it's going to be a huge drop off because uh, one reason, one reason only because of Ryan day outside of these kids were extremely highly recruited and extremely. And, and just, you know, knowing Corey Dennison and knowing what he got in that room, the quarterback coach, I mean, he's going to have those guys ready, whoever it is to, to get ready and take snaps behind center, you know, early September next year. Well, this year. Um, and I think what, um, well, Olave, I definitely thought he would leave as well. Um, but I don't think it's an aspect of like, oh, well, I know what I got coming back in the quarterback room. I think it's an aspect he know that he still want to work on his game before he take the next step to, it's no more turning around or, oh, I wasn't ready. Let me go back to college type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think he figured that it was, you know, things in his game, he can get better. And I think he want to be the top overall receiver. No if ands, or buts about it. No COVID year, no nothing. I mean, think about it. A guy had to sit out a, a game because of COVID and not playing a full season and, you know, having, not having an opportunity to win a national title. It's a lot of things that he probably want to get done personally and on a team level. Yeah, man, I, I agree. And I think, or you tell me, how much do you think the cat from Alabama has helped 
a lot of schools and a lot of guys make the decision to come back because you watch him, Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Here he was last year at Afterthought, the number four receiver on that football team, or maybe the fifth receiver on that football team last year. He comes back his senior year. He's a Heisman Trophy winner, uh, breaks all these records, winning Blitnikoff, so on and so forth. How much do you think that plays a role when you got other guys, uh, other schools looking at him and saying, man, I want to be a chance to come back and be able to do something like that? You got to just got to be disciplined. And you got to be, that's the, I think that's the number one thing. You got to be disciplined. You got to be uh, confident within yourself. Because like you said last year, man, the guy was, you know, at best the fourth best receiver on the team. And, you know, and, and still going into the season, wasn't really projected to have a, a great year as he did. Clearly no one saw that coming because of Jalen Weddle. You know, if he would have never got hurt, who would have been Devontae Smith? Right. You know, we'd ever heard of this kid. Um, so I, I definitely think it takes a lot of discipline and the right mindset to not just up and vote from a university, not just up and transfer or just, you know, trying to enter the draft out of nowhere. And he took the right approach and, you know, he's going to reap all the benefits here in the next couple of months and then draft. And I'm excited for him and his next, you know, his next chapter of his life and definitely his career because, you know, how great of a player he is. You just hear so many more great things about him on and off, and off the field as an overall person, his character. And um, I mean, I, I'm happy for that dude, man. But yeah, he took the right approach and shoot, I, I'm excited to see hopefully Olave <clears throat> have a, a, a bit of that success next year. <laughs> right, you need both, man. Um, I mean, freaking uh, Matt Jones as well. This guy was projected to get ran out of there by two with little brother and then by the that freshman Bryce Jones. So um, for for him to stick around and, and and you know put the work in, put the time, the effort, put the energy in to you know be the O'Brien winner and you know Heisman Trophy finalist and worked his way into the top you know uh, top quarterback discussions and a first round draft pick. I mean, who was he last year? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the beauty of uh, you know this football and specifically college football. Is, I mean. There's always going to be somebody next year that's going to be that was been waiting in the wings, that's, that's waiting to make their name ring around the country, and those are guys uh, that are certainly no different um, from that discussion. Yeah, yeah, those guys, those guys are are guys who who are program guys who believe in the program, who stuck around, who trust in the process, and finally had the opportunity. Yeah, maybe Matt Jones. Yeah, it was only one year, but you made the mess. You made the most of it. You know, and Devontae Smith, you know, even, you know, it's so crazy about Devontae Smith. And I keep reminiscing about his career, this well, his season, this past season. I did not know he was the guy who caught the walk-off touchdown versus Georgia national title. Oh, so I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, it was him. When Tua came in as a freshman and replaced Hurts, yeah, and he caught the walk-off touchdown. I did not know that was him. Oh, wow. So he had an unbelievable college career. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're going to take a quick Canes break. We'll be right back. I'm going to feed my belly real quick. And uh, get some of Emmy. If raising Cane's secret cane sauce was the end zone, no one would ever lose a game. Crispy crinkle cut fries, touchdown. Buttery Texas toast, touchdown. Hand battered cooked to order chicken fingers, touchdown. Freshly made tea and lemonade, well, you get the point. Go for the win this game day with Cane's. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. One love. Welcome back. We're coming back from our quick Cane's break. Just had to give me some uh, Cane's up in me, a nice Caniac and a swig of that sweet tea. Uh, we got some questions. Questions from Twitter, as always. 
this message that I have is from Antonio Gay. How does Olave's return speak to the culture at Ohio State? And do you think it tells the confidence? Do you think it tells about the confidence that he has in the quarterback room? That's what I kind of said a little bit ago. You know, for me, you know, when he decided to come back to school, it, it certainly made me think that, you know, our quarterback room is in good hands and, and whoever mm -hmm. is going to be the starter next year is going to be a competent guy and a guy that he feels confident enough in to be able to get him the ball and make plays next year. So certainly, and I think it speaks volumes to the quarterback room and the culture at Ohio State that guys don't want to rush to get out of here because you understand you're going to have opportunities to win and opportunities to develop under a great coaching staff. Yeah, for sure. And like you think about all the quarterbacks, we had we had this question every time at the end of the season when one of our, you know, decorated quarterbacks are leaving. Then you had it with JT. You had it with, you know, you had it with Braxton starting there when JT, when he got hurt. You had it with JT. Then you had it with, you know, what we're gonna do at the JT, then Dwayne play. We're gonna do it at the Dwayne, then we get Justin in. We're gonna do it at the Justin. I'm pretty sure these guys on the roster are gonna understand the the culture when you walk into Ohio State room as being a quarterback and the expectations, and you have no choice but to fall in line to meet those expectations and to play at a high level. So I think um, that could have that possibly played into his decision to return him back to school and playing with, uh, you know, a good quarterback and another guy. And a lot of those guys in the receiver room is coming back. Mm -hmm. So um, I expect Ohio State not to have no type of real dramatic drop-off, dramatic drop-off when it comes to quarterback play. So and uh, shoot, maybe a lot of us think that too. And was like, hey, I'm come back, stick around with these guys, and have a chance to compete for a championship in November. Yeah, no, man, it's gonna be super interesting. So my question is coming from Beef Boy, the real Plumus. Um, why is our why was our defense so easy exploited this year? Uh, do we need to make any changes? Pretty much on the coaching staff, and uh, wasn't it a talent issue? So I think our defense. Took some hits this year because of one, we didn't have a spring ball to really implement some of the things Coach Combs wanted to do as a new defensive coordinator. A lot of the things they had to do, a lot of the meetings that they had was via Zoom, um, putting a lot of onus on them as players as far as doing, um, you know, drills away from the coaches and away from the teammates. You know, these guys couldn't even, you know, do things with their teammates. Right. And uh, another thing is, like, when you lose a guy like a Chase Young or you lose a guy like a uh, Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa or these really – predominant pass rush that we had over a few last years we you're going to be hurting a little bit our defensive line was good but we didn't have that one guy that you knew that you had to double team that demanded a double team and maybe a chip from the running back on every single pass situation so it caused it, it forced everyone around our defensive line as individual to try to play at a better level yeah their guys were good but were they a chase young no and that just opened up things on the back end because you're putting guys in coverage a little longer than they would like to be so I don't think it was a coaching issue. I think I would like to see Coach Combs focus more on the back end of things as far as the DBs because that's what he's the expert at. Mm -hmm. And hopefully my my wish is that, you know, Coach Combs and Coach Johnson be some type of co-defensive coordinators to take all the onus off Coach Combs so he can get back, like I said, to coaching his individual position that he had six, seven, eight round, eight first round draft picks through. But um, I don't think it's a coaching issue. I just think that they didn't have the opportunity to install as the way they wanted to install and, and miss that spring ball was a critical point. Yeah, I mean, I certainly don't believe it was a talent issue at all. You know, when you're talking about Ohio State, you're getting the best of the best. Um, I do think it was kind of coaching. And, you know, not to say that Combs is a bad coach, but like you said, when you don't have the uh, correct amount of time and what you're used to having to put things in and put things in a perspective, uh, 
you know, it just isn't going to mesh. And I think that showed on Saturdays and on game day when, you know, we got defensive guys not being in position to where we're, especially when we're used to seeing guys at that defensive back position be so good. And it kind of just see them kind of so laxed out there and just so, I guess, kind of thinking too much. You know, like they always say, when you think too much, you're going to play slow. And I think that was the case with our defense. You know, I think uh, especially in the secondary, guys are thinking a little bit too much. And that's due in part to the lack of time that they had. Um, But getting away to that, getting away from that, I think this also had something to do with our defense as well. The fact that Ohio State, for the last five years, in the National Football League has had defensive rookie of the year. And why I say that's had issues, because when you lose guys like Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, the defense isn't going to be as great. And we didn't have one of those guys this year to come in and replace uh, uh, a Chase Young on the defensive line like we've been used to in years past. But boy, how impressive is that stat right there, Ben? For the last five years, Defensive rookie of the years came from the Buckeyes. Crazy. Yeah, for sure. And that and that just speaks to, like I said, the the um culture of the Ohio State, you know, the high caliber coaches that we have. I would never question that. I mean, I question some play calling, but I never questioned the coach as his ability and his and his track record or you know, proven. Right. But um, yeah, that just leads, like I said, that just led perfectly in after our, our question of, you know, why did the defense was spoiled? Because you got a guy that just won defensive rookie of the year. It was all pro who, who left as a rookie, you know, so you're going to have some type of drop off that. But, you know, just like we talked about with the whole thing with the quarterback position next year. Yeah, you you it's hard to replace a, a guy of that. You you put a lot of pressure on the guy behind the guy who just left and just won defensive rookie of the freaking year. I'll tell you that right now. So. It's hard to kind of uh, replicate that production, but I'm pretty sure the Buckeyes will be in a better position next year. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think they will, man. Um, I think Ohio State is going to be in great shape uh, moving forward. I think our quarterback room, I mean, obviously that's a, a question that we all have because we don't know what that's going to look like. But, you know, when you see the receiver like Chris Olave coming back and you see certain guys coming back, uh, it definitely tells you they're confident in this football team that we're going to have. Anytime you got Ryan Day at the helm, I think you're going to be a competitive football team and in good shape. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, looking forward to it, man. Definitely looking forward to this up-and-coming season. Uh, looking forward to spring ball. Hopefully we have it this year because um, that's always a telltale uh, for how your football team is going to look and, you know, who's going to be a guy that comes out of spring ball that becomes a household name. Typically in years past, during the spring game, there was always a guy that bought in the spring game and that translated into the season. You started knowing who he was and, and he started making himself a household name. So hopefully we get back to that this year. For sure, for sure. And I, and like I said, I hope we got some spring ball because there's a lot of new guys that's going to be around significant positions that need the reps, um, you know, corner position, quarterback position, um, in the backfield. I mean, even though we got T coming back, we're still going to need, you know, they always say you need, what, two good running backs? <laughs> a pair and a spare. You need a pair and a spare a running back. That's what they say, yeah. a pair and a spare. So I'm excited to see the, the new uh, – Guys, get an opportunity to tote the ball at the backfield. So, overall, looking forward to spring ball. Please, COVID, let us have spring ball, and we have something to hype about following that leading up into September. <laughs> no doubt, man. Well, man, this was just a, a quick quarantine show we wanted to give you guys. Uh, we know we were a little bit late getting out. Um, we had to deal with some technical difficulty difficulties. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I'm glad you guys were able to listen. Glad we were able to get it done. Uh, even though we're not in person, we still got our canes. 
Uh, for sure. <laughs> all day long. I uh, appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.